Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. 
morning. It is so great to see so many faces here uh, this morning. And good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm Barbara Majeski, and for all those that are new to the room, I am an on-air television personality that loves Clubhouse, and this is my Saturday morning, and I've been doing it since Glenn uh, invited me months and months ago, and I haven't missed it because I enjoy this space and this hour and my friends and um, everyone that shows up. So thanks, everyone that's here. Hey, Brian, are you with me this morning? I'm with you, girl. <laughs> and <laughs> Ryan's my ride or die here. So <laughs> yeah. I'm great. I'm great. So, you know, <clears throat> well, Brian and I and a bunch of us are actually getting together next week in Miami to connect with Grant Cardone and spend some time with Grant and Nelson and Gina and Todd and really take these relationships uh, you know, off the app and, and connect. I'm so looking forward to it because what I've felt that Brian and I have met in person a couple of times, but I feel when we meet in person for the first time, I never feel that it's a meetup for the first time, as much as I feel like it's a reunion because we get to know each other so well, um, on this, on this app. Do you agree? I'm looking, uh, I mean, I, I see the, the same way, but a little bit different. I'm looking at a red line. You know, and, you know, the, the motor's running uh, pretty hard all the time. But when I get around people like yourself, Todd, uh, Nelson, uh, Grant, it, it allows me to up the RPMs. It allows me to push the limits of my thinking, uh, the thoughts of what's possible. Uh, you know, I look at what Todd's done in the automotive space, and I say, man, I got to up my game. I, you know, I think I'm really great at what I'm doing, but there's another there's always another level and he played, he played that game at another level. And, and so it's like, what can I learn from that to help up, up my game? And, and then getting around um, <clears throat> the other guys, uh, the other cats and Nelson and Byron who, who are doing some pretty special things on, on clubhouse and how Barbara, can you and I learn from that to help provide more value for more people, which creates more opportunities for, for, for us. And then how do we leverage that from one platform, like this platform to another platform, I don't know, television or, or or, or radio or podcast or you know there's, there's always more there there and just pushing the limits so that, that, that's what i'm really excited about and, and i think that environment that we're going to put ourselves in is going to be a real centrifuge uh to concentrate talent in them yeah i agree uh, all ships rise in high tide and when you put yourself in a a new pool of big thinkers and you just said it uh, you know, what is what is next? What is possible? And a mind once expanded can never go back to its original form. And you start thinking as you surround yourself in these new environments and, you know, we're getting a, you know, we're, we're taking a bird down there. <laughs> and, all right, we're, we're going in style for sure. And <laughs> we, once you start flying that way, it, it's very hard to go back. But again, a mind once expanded. Once I was exposed to private aviation, it changed. I started thinking, how do I get in this space for life? And I've been talking about private aviation for over a decade, over a decade. But the reason in this conversation, yeah. And Barbara, I don't want you to come across as like some arrogant, uh, you know, butt, butthead. It's, yeah. it's really not about that, right? And when you no. were just talking about that, I was thinking about being a young salesperson working at PS Honda in Manhattan and taking my motorcycle uh, that I probably had 59 payments left on, and and driving through the wealthy areas of uh, of Great Neck and Kings Point, New York, and looking at those homes and saying, how do they do it? How do mm -hmm. they do it? And when you start asking that question, 
your brain, like a heat-seeking missile, starts taking you in that direction. Well, this is how, and you know, initially, uh, whatever I was, 22 years old, okay, they're all drug dealers. That's how they do it. Mommy, daddy gave it to them. Well, maybe some were, and maybe mommy, daddy did give some of them, but the majority of them did it you know, differently, and you start learning about that. I think the same, man, that's stuck with me my whole life. So when I see somebody get gets a plane and has a plane, uh, you know, initially it was something I'm not at all interested in. And when I started saying, well, that could work this way and that could help develop that, all of a sudden you start asking the questions, well, how do they how do it? How did they? Yeah. And, I, I, have to, I have to share this right now as you're saying this because, yes, the perception right now where people find me in this space is not, it does, I have, listen, I'm in my 40s, there's a whole backstory. And what you're saying really lands for me. So when I was growing up, my parents lost everything when I, between, I don't know, in, in middle school. And we all get separated across the United States. Well, I had to go live with my dad and his brother out in La Jolla, California. And my, uh, my twin brother stayed back in New Jersey with my mother and her cousin. And here's the crux of what my dad taught me that you're saying right now. We had to live in his brother's one-bedroom studio apartment. I am one of four, so I was there with my younger twin brothers, if you can follow the twin story. I'm a twin, and I have younger twin brothers. And I'm out in California, sleeping on the floor. My father's working for the stock exchange. It's an insane time. Like, we only had this painter's van to get from A to B. So only there in a painter's van, like a, one of those white, you know, uh, <laughs> those white vans, there's two seats in the front, right? There's the driver and the, and the you know, passenger. And, um, hold on, Gina, you got a hot my sister. Um, and so when you know, the other two kids had to sit on the wheel hubs, those hubs, you know, the, the wheel hubs in the back, there were no seats, there was nowhere to sit, but that's how, that's how it went out. This was not safe. This wasn't a road, uh, road approved. And sometimes morale got really low because my father had to leave at three o'clock in the morning to go to work because the stock exchange opened um, opened at nine and he had a two hour commute. It was like insane. So I was raising my younger twin brothers. Morale sometimes hit uh, bottomed out. I was like, this sucks. And I, oh God, I could tell you so many stories. But the way my dad would inspire us, Brian, you'll love this. My dad would put us all in the painter's van, load us up and drive us to the Ferrari dealership. He would drive us to the Ferrari dealership. We were we were a bunch of vagabonds and my dad loved the Ferrari Testarossa. He's like, someday I'm gonna have a Testarossa. I'm gonna have a Testarossa. And we would go in there and, you know, my dad, you know, the, the salesman would be like, oh my God, look at the, like, we were a hot mess of humans. That he'd be like, let's go in there and pick out our cars. Like it was, it, it was his thing. It's how he would motivate us. And he'd be like, which car do you want? And my brother would be like, I want a yellow one. And my other brother would, and then I'd be like, Dad, I just want a car with seats. I don't want a Ferrari. I want a four-door car, you know, with seats so I can buckle a seatbelt. And I left and I got very upset and I started crying in the apartment park complex parking lot because I was like dad I just don't understand why you're you know I don't understand why we're like this and why don't we have any money and why are we living like and I was just a puddle I was in eighth grade living out in California I'm not a California girl I'm a Jersey girl and my dad said these words to me and this is what you just said somebody has to buy those cars somebody is buying those cars we just need to figure out what they did to buy those cars and you can buy that car someday this is how it all starts. And I never forgot that of like, somebody has to do it. Why not, not, why not me? And 
it, it always landed with me. And then when I would see, you know, and when I got into, you know, researching private aviation a decade ago, I was like, because we went on a, a trip out to Aspen and I was like, oh, this is good. How do I, how do I, okay, somebody's got to do this. Somebody's doing this. What did they do to earn this? And that's how I think. I never think, and for anybody that is intimidated, please unpack intimidation and get curious and stop talking yourself out of stuff. I used to talk myself out of television until I got curious of like, how do you get on TV? And I have a whole, you know, things I really do want to talk about with sales today, but Ryan, that's where I'm at of like, okay, somebody's got to do it. I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to reverse engineer how that person, and I'm going to ask directions. How did you get that? Um, I think so many people are intimidated sometimes when I talk, oh, I'm, I'm just saying if it's, if you can believe it, you can achieve it. If that's what you want, like you have to really want for it. I mean, and I don't know if that lands for anybody, but I'm a, if I want it, I'm going to go for it. So many, um, Barbara, so many of us have trained ourselves to say, well, I don't need a, a big house. I don't need a fancy car. I don't need, and you know, we're, we're doing it because we're giving up on ourselves and in sales, you, and you're going to be talking about sales. The most important sale you make is the one you make to yourself. And it's a basic, it's a basic that I learned from. Jackie Cooper, probably 1983. The most important sale is the one you make to yourself. You, you've got to believe that you're worthy of it. You've got to believe that you can achieve it. And, and it, you, nothing happens until you've sold yourself. And everything you see, everything. Hey, listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five five simple steps to an extraordinary morning if you can transform your morning you can transform your life head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day you have everything you've done the 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 the, 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 the woman you sleep with the man you sleep with the house you live in it was a dream of yours at some point that, that you were able to make come true and and so you, you want to use those as you know like goggins talks about the cookie jar Hey, remember when I, I, I never thought I could do that and I did. And in your case, you've got some, you know, really uh, big walls that you've climbed and hurdled over. And those things should be used to empower you. Those scars are medals. Those scars should remind you of just how tough you can be. And each of us has that incredible story uh, in us. And it's just being able to tap into that and to use it as a, a tool, not as a, uh, a stick to beat yourself up with. To say, hey, you know, I, we we can do more, and 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 if you want something, I mean, I, th th there's no reason to chase something somebody else has if you don't want it. But if you want, it, start asking the right questions. Whether that's a, a successful family, whether that's a, a beautiful uh, house, whether that's a beautiful uh, life, uh, a happy life, you, you start asking the questions. And if you ask them, how can and why, well, how, what, what what do I need to do to get that? Instead of, you know, why am I always failing? You start asking yourself those empowering questions. You start to see some real good progress, uh, and, and it's exciting to talk about this. But again, if we talk about, you know, I, I wanted to have this special car, and I have the car, someone thinks that God, that's shallow, and you know, God, what a pretentious man or woman. It's it's not about that. It's being able to have that mind control to get the things in life, or or be the person. 
And I also think, Brian, it, it's, you know, it cars and homes and we all have our hot spot of like where, you know, how, where's our comfort zone and where does it need to be? And where it really paid off at one point. So my, my actually, my cancer anniversary is this, this week. I have my uh, annual scan on Monday. So, um, and uh, my, I, I remember going in for surgery December 5th and at Sloan Kettering and for anybody that knows New York, man, just real estate is tough. So after my surgery, I was supposed to room, I, had a, I was going to get a roommate and share my, share a room and a bathroom with a total stranger and be in recovery for a week. Um, I had to have a foot of my large intestine uh, taken out. I don't know how they do that. I always think they like super glued the hose back together, but that's not my job. My job was just to survive and get through. And my husband at the time um, did something really, really kind and amazing. And there was this private suite. There's a private floor at Memorial Sloan Kettering. And it is expensive. And he brought it up to me. He goes, listen, Barb, I think you should get a suite on the private floor. You have a private nurse. You have a private room. And it's, uh, you know, private, private, private. And, well, um, well staffed. You'd have your own private nurse and assistant and all the things. And I saw the price tag and I said, not a chance. I would rather spend it on X, Y, and Z. And we all have our pain point. And he, he made the call and I woke up in a private room and he said, Barb, you, this is why we worked hard. This is why we went door to door in our twenties, selling crap out of the back of our car and maintaining a positive attitude and doing all the fundamentals of sales, scaling sales teams, never being at happy hour, working six, seven days a week. That's why we did this is so that we could have the freedom. So people are either motivated by fortune, freedom, or fame. And he was like, we are buying the freedom to do whatever the hell we want. And this is what we're doing. And he was so right because I was in so much pain and I wouldn't have, I would have hated, I would have tolerated and not probably knowing me, not really complained, but I wouldn't have appreciated a stranger in my room when I'm, you know, in, in utter pain. So it, it well, gave me gave the you, freedom, you know? He, no, he didn't give you freedom. He gave you the gift of dignity. And yes. That's an incredible, mm -hmm. uh, incredibly powerful gift for somebody. And he, at the time, that's a very loving and, uh, and caring thing for him to do, uh, regardless of the expense. It was the, the gift of dignity. And I, I think there's dignity in, in all jobs. And all you can ask when you're in a position like that where you're helpless, you're, you've been, you're really put through the ringer, is mm -hmm. have just a little bit of dignity, a little bit of pride, the, the ability to hold your head up and, and be in that bad spot but not, not have to be exposed to people. So that's a, that's really touching. And I, and I think those are the, the gifts and the things that I look for now at this point in my life. I, you know, I, I like nice cars. I could give two tosses about a nice car. Things like integrity, things like loving relationships and friendships, things like kindness, you know, all, all those things that we talk about that you can't buy on Amazon, uh, uh, mentorship. Uh, th these are the things that at the end of the day, uh, are what, what are meaningful. Oh, everything you own is going to end up either in a dumpster uh, or at a thrift shop. So mm -hmm. th those those things are really not all that important. But those other things, the integrity, dignity, those things. And, you know, it reminds me of like what, um, when I was doing sales, my door to door sales. And for those who don't know, my first, <laughs> my first not so love, but where I built my personal 
wealth was going door to door, doing cold call, straight commission sales down in Atlanta, Georgia, when telecommunication deregulated. And at the time, my biggest fear was that somebody would see me out in the field or I'd walk into you know, a business and my friends would be working in there and I'd be walking in doing a cold call pitch. And now as I reflect on that, I couldn't be more proud of where I got my start because I have, you know, I was just interviewed for an, a magazine and they said, how did you, you know, get into television and launch this second act? And, you know, you're doing all these things. And I, I went all into my door-to-door sales days because I, everything I do today, everything I know about attitude, work ethic, mentorship, asking questions, being a good student. I actually learned by being a door-to-door sales girl. And the conversation was like really um, very powerful that I want to share today that I hope we can dive into because these things actually extrapolated out to the rest of my life. Like the, one of the first things I talked about when I was asked, all right, how did you you know, what did you learn from going door to door? And I was like, I learned that I only controlled how I handled things. I didn't control anything else. I didn't control the weather. I didn't control the customer on the other side of the door, but I controlled two things, my attitude and my work ethic. I controlled whether I decided to, you know, keep going to the next person, or did I let the person who ripped me a new one determine if I was going to go to the next door or not? That was a decision, not a condition. It was a decision to keep going and realize every no leads you closer to a yes. And there's a law of averages out there. And all you control is your attitude out in the field. And this, these things that I thought were very fundamental and I'd be like out in the field and somebody would like rip into me and tell me to get a real job. And I'd be like, maintain, like I would say like the fundamentals and I'd be like, just maintain a positive attitude, like little Barb, little 23 year old Barb. Okay, Barbara, just no means next, go to the next door and you know, water off a duck's back. And the, the hardest door to open is the car door. And like just sitting there with all these, like, oh my God, this, this, these dialogues that had to get my feet moving. Otherwise I wasn't going to put food on the table. And then, you know, so many times throughout my life, as I've been challenged and derailed from what I've wanted to do, I have that ability to do a checkup from the neck up and be like, all right, what are the things that you control here? Even with my diagnosis, what do you control, Bab? Nothing. Your diagnosis is your diagnosis. And you can sit there and throw a tantrum about it, which I did. And, and you can kick rocks, which I did, but I didn't stay there. I was like, all right, you know, you got one choice and that's how you handle this and the attitude to which you, you forge ahead and your kids are watching. So you better buck up buttercup and get in, get in the arena and, and play to win because this is going to, this is going to be tough. But I had those muscles already, those, that, that, those muscles that I built out in the field that everybody wants to, you know, buy in a magazine or buy at college and, or buy off of Amazon, you can't buy tenacity and work ethic and attitude and resilience and perseverance. You got to, it's a muscle that needs to be developed. The only way it's first developed is that first of all, it has to be beaten down and just decimated before you can build it back up. But we're in such a society of like, Oh, I want to be, you know, I want to be a swimsuit model by Thursday. (laughs) You can't do that. And that's just one of the things that, that I learned is anybody else land where you you just did anybody else do sales where's my girl tracy who's done sales or you know todd did sales you remember this (laughs) 
to where's my where's my where's my guy Todd? Is he okay? Here? So we were in. If we're you in saw Toronto the videos of Todd last night, with if you Carmelia saw the videos of Todd last night, and um, I'm just saying my head hurts a slight bit today, Barbara. <laughs> yeah, as 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 Brian said, if you saw the video, you might understand. <laughs> you know, you know, but you Carm know, is still was, in here at like five a.m. I just want to say that Carm was still in here. I, I saw that. I'm like, how did Carm? Carm lasted longer than we did, and I'm like, how is she here before us? I don't even understand. She's asleep right now. I'm telling. She's here in spirit. She's not even unmiking. <laughs> no, she's I definitely said, back. I said to Barbara this morning, if this is what they're doing in Toronto, I don't want to see them in my ass. Yes, you do. I'm not, I'm... Yes, you do, Brian. Come on now. Man, here am, we are, I still am... awake at 8.34 and in Breakfast with Champions, hanging out with amazing people like you. And how do we do it? We just do it because that's what we do here. Yeah, you got, you Winners got, show up. You can yeah. see the IV bag hanging out of your arm right now with vitamin B. <laughs> That's it, bro. That's I it. Wish. Brian, Called coffee. The room, please. Wait, yeah. we have videos of Bobby Del Rio breakdancing. Just... That's what I do. Um, your steak hey, fan. Barbara. It's Tracy. I'm here. Hey, Barbara. There's mm -hmm. my girl, Tracy. Who else? Billionaire. So how voice. you doing, Barbara? Hi, Michelle. Yes, Michelle and Tracy. <laughs> Hey, Barbara. Good morning, everyone. Barbara, I always love when you talk about your door-to-door -door sales because, as you know, when I was in college, I did door-to-door -door sales, and it was a game-changer for me. I mean, I learned so much about myself. I learned, you know, how to have thick skin, which is something you need to survive in this world. And, you know, I learned, you know, resiliency and commitment and, and how not to give up and, you know, to don't stop. You know, just keep on knocking, you know. Um, I got so many doors slammed in my face, and it just taught me so much, you know, how to have grit, how to keep going, you know, how not to give up. I think every college student should have that experience. Tracy, uh, every I swear to you, I could not agree more, and that is what I said in the interview. I'm like, the biggest disservice that we're actually doing to this next generation is not allowing them to have a little bit of you know, toughness that, you know, to build that intestinal fortitude, because at the end of the day, when you do have a rough day out in the field and it's raining and your car breaks down and you run out of gas and, you know, you, you blow out a heel and you're, you know, all the things that happen at once and you forget, you don't like I, when I was in the field there, I didn't have a cell phone. Um, and I have oh got so many stories, but the point is I learned to keep going. And now as I'm in this new chapter and, you know, going and, and let me tell you something with being on TV and doing what I do there's so many setbacks and people coming at me and everybody's got an opinion and you should do this and you did really you say that. did you yeah. say when yes. you blow out a heel oh my god it, you, Ooh, listen man, you struggled. <laughs> Oh, the struggle is real. You blew okay. out a heel. Listen, oh, come on, li man. all right, Ben Sack. You're so come wrong on, on that. You're so you wrong. Have, have three kids the rent due to the car being repoed and the electric being turned off. Don't be such a snowflake that he's breaking a heel. <laughs> My God. So you go to the closet and pick out one of the other no, 11,974 no, no, no. okay. pounds of Oh my God, I can't believe you're coming at me for that. Let me say, let me say this, when you're out in the field, because clearly you sat in a very um, temperature controlled showroom where I went out door to door. And when I say I'm out in the field, it means I park my damn car and I start walking and I start walking and I start. So when you blow out a heel, you are gimping 
door back to wherever your car is parked. And sometimes you would drive out to the field with somebody else and they would drop your ass off in a neighborhood and you would start knocking and knocking. So don't knock my heel blow out because let me tell you something that can really damper your damper your day or you can just keep, you know, keep the wheels moving. Got a little puncture in the tire. So you can laugh all you want. So you're standing there lopsided. Okay, okay so it. but you're sitting in a showroom that you can just go in and go to your closet. I'm sorry. Hey, I don't hey, have my well, closet well, my out guy, in the Ariel field. Blows out a heel on the showroom floor. He stays in it. <laughs> we're compare Okay, we're moving on. I I blowing out a heel hey, in the field of sales. <laughs> Yeah, somebody back me on this. Tracy, where are you? Where's my Tracy? I'm Michelle. back. Michelle. Hey, Barbara. I'm here, Barbara. This is Charlene. I'm back here. Barb, thank you, Charlene. Barb, I listen. Back, back down, Brian. You got. You got to. <laughs> okay. Gotta, uh, okay. I, I'm getting. I'm getting called an insensitive clod in the back. We're gonna. We're gonna. Oh, we're gonna drop you to the to the goo. Oh, no. Sarah McCord. <laughs> the gulag. Hey, Barbara. <laughs> hey, Barbara. You're gonna love this. Yeah, you're going to love this. So when I sold books during the summer, I was responsible for delivering those books at the end of the summer. So there was nothing like, you know, the books were being shipped to the to the uh, clients. I had to figure out a way to deliver all those books that I sold during the summer and I didn't have a car. And I and this was in Virginia. I went to school in Florida, but I was um working in, in Portsmouth, Virginia, and I had to figure out, yeah, I had to, what'd you say, Brian? Deliver, I just send the card here if you need. <laughs> this this is 20 years ago. ago. This was many moons ago, but I had to figure out how to, de how to deliver the books to all the clients that I sold books to during the summer, and I was discussing it with one of my clients, and he said, you can use my car. So I put all those hundreds of books in the car and drove around and, and delivered those books to every single person that I sold that summer. Talk about figuring it out. I had to figure out how to get those books to those clients. And, and just, just in discussing that with one of my clients, he said, well, you know what? You can borrow my car. So I drove around Portsmouth, Virginia. This was in the 80s, delivering books. Door, you know the books that I had sold. See where they figure it out. What I love, Tracy, is that you just said something that I'm putting in one of on my notes. Is that you do learn how to figure it out, make it happen, get it done, get or did. You just it's no excuse when you work on straight commission. Go ahead, it, Seth, it, Ryan. <laughs> I was I was uh, uh, giving a, a a meeting for uh, a dealership out in California. A buddy of mine, Joe, asked me. And I was speaking before the legendary coach, uh, Tim Grover, and uh, I was doing the sort of the warm up and Grover, Tim was going to speak next. And I'd, I'd never met Tim at the time. I was a big fan, but never met him at the time. And I'm sitting down talking about, you know, my, my uh, partner had passed away and I um, you know, promised the family I was going to run the marathon that he wanted to run for him. And I said something like, you know, and my, people said to me, you've never run before. And I said to them, you know, I'll figure it out. With that, Tim Grover stands up because that's what epic cleaners do. They figure shit out. And he sat down. I turned around. What the heck? And, and so what you're talking about, though, is the doers of the world, they figure it out. Money doesn't come with instructions. 
and life doesn't come with instructions. That's not an excuse. You got to figure it out and you keep trying and you press and you try. And that's what sales is about. Sales is about life. Oh, it's so true. And you do, you, you figure it out and you can reverse engineer and unpack it. And I will say this when in this interview where I was talking about how did I land in, you know, television in my forties, it was, it was a mind shift of like, all right, well, I really do want to be on TV. I just had, you know, had the battle of my life. I came out, I survived. Now let's go for it. Let's do it. And you start moving the, you start moving the needles. I'm like, all right, all right, girl, what do you, what is, what does TV look like? How do you get on there? And I was like, well, I don't know how to go on TV, but some people are like, I just don't know how to do that. And do you stop there? Does your mindset say, I just don't know how to do that. Like a lot of, you know, like, like all three of my children, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, okay, let's, how can we learn how to do that? I don't know, but you know, I didn't know how to be on TV. I didn't know how to earn wealth when I was in my twenties, but I reverse engineered. I'm like, well, how do, how did everyone else do it? How, how do people become independently wealthy? How can I learn? Start saying that, like, how can I figure it out and what do I need to learn and then take action of the things that you need to do? Observation, imitation, repetition. Real simple. That's a uh, Dennis Waitley, the seed, seeds of greatness. I think he wrote it somewhere around 1980 or 81. And you observe people that are doing it. Uh, uh, you, you, uh, uh, you, you repeat what they're doing, you know, op observation, repetition, uh, really gets you there. Imitation, observation, repetition. And, you know, when it comes to sales, if someone's using techniques and methods, those can be imitated. Those can be replicated. Uh, and, and those can be mastered. Yes. And certainly for me, uh, in the beginning, just watching what worked and what didn't work. And I, yes. I, I was, you know, I was, I, what I'm surprised by a lot of salespeople today, they don't spend time watching other people sell when they're doing nothing. When they're doing nothing, they tend to be doing nothing. And if you sit and watch somebody else in a sales situation, you can say to yourself, man, that was good. Or mm, he should have done this. Or mm, I would have said that. And, and you can always be, always be learning as somebody else is doing it. And, you know, potentially, if it's appropriate for your your your, your situation, to, to help them if they if they drop the ball or they. Oh, that's so good because that was one of my strategies. But when I got out into the workforce and was doing, you know, starting to scale sales teams, I was always observing like what's working for that person, and I didn't spend time with the the negators, like the people that were constantly. We called it nagging out, which means being negative all the time. I was like, I don't have time for you because it's not productive and I'm never going to figure it out. I need to spend time with the people that are getting it did, get her did, get her done and ask directions from people that are where you want to be. And I never will forget my mentor, John, he, you know, I was like, well, my parents think this or not, you know, I shouldn't say my parents, but this person said that, or I got advice here. And he said to me, he goes, is that where you want to be? Do they have what you want? Is that who you should be getting, you know, uh, mentorship from? Do they have what you are, are going for? I was like, well, no, not really. He's like, then why are you taking directions from them? He's like, they haven't been from New Jersey to California. Why are you, they are assuming through, but not through experience, but through assumption, find somebody who has experience. Um, you know, you couldn't be like uh, observing and then imitating was my was my jam. Hey, Michelle, I know you wanted to jump in. I want to throw you the mic. Billionaires, 
Hi, good morning. <laughs> Hi, my friend. I was I was taking my vitamins, sorry. <laughs> um, so you remind me of me a little bit in terms of like getting it done attitude. You know, I've been in sales for years and I recall one of my earlier um, sales jobs as being commission sales in healthcare. So we had to go around and actually convert individuals from tr traditional Medicaid policies to Medicaid HMO policies. I don't know if you recall back then, probably Brian does. Um, but that was tough because we had to go in some of the toughest neighborhoods, right? And so I recall one incident where we and my, me and my coworker went into a lady's house to get her to sign over her her Medicaid over to HMO. So we're in there, we're, we're doing really well, the uh, conversation's going well, and all of a sudden there's this loud knock at her door. And she says, oh my God, it's, 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 it's my boyfriend. And he's probably drunk again. I'm like, what? And she says, she goes to the door and she says to him, hey, if you're, if you, if you, if you're gonna come here again with a knife, you better be prepared to use it. And we were like, oh my gosh, so me and my coworker look at each other like, how the heck do we get out of here, right? The hmm? premium just went up. <laughs> I know, right? Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You remember, I'm in sales. I, I'm at, I have that get it done attitude. So she's gonna open the door for this guy. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. I said, ma'am, ma'am, um, uh, if you sign right here, we'll get your policy activated. <laughs> And so I, I wanted to make sure we, we had been there for a while. I wanted to get the job done. So buy before like, you die, right? That's the buy right, before right. you die <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, I didn't want to be the one in there. So I, I looked at my coworker. We said, we, we got to get out the back door. So when she, when she signed the paperwork, she immediately went to the front door to let him in. We jumped out the back door. There were two bulls <laughs> next door to her in the yard. <laughs> So we were like hopping over the fence to get out of there. But look, that shows when you want to get it done, you get it done. It was it, it was kind of dangerous, but we got the we got the ink on the paper. Let me tell you something. It's so funny, but some of those stories from the field, I mean, and you never know whose door you're going to end up knocking on or what is going to happen. And on the other side of that, a, a team of mine was out in California going door to door and they, they ran into Will Smith. <laughs> they knocked on his door. This is a, a long time ago, but um, I absolutely love that. I'm sure his house is super gated at this point. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's a get it done kind of mentality, not like, oh, you know, think about it. And one of the things that I do talk about in my master classes is just that conversation that you have with yourself is the most important conversation you have every single day. So it better be solid. It better be empowering. And sometimes the reason why I bring this up is because I can hear people say, well, whatever, like they dismiss opportunity as a not for them. It's okay to not, that's not of interest to me. Like a, a Ferrari Testarossa isn't of interest to me. Um, cars are not an interest to me. I, somebody asked me what kind of, you know, whoa, 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 Barbara. We got yeah. a lot of car guys on the stage here. I, I know. So, I, you know. And by the, by, <laughs> the way, by the way, let me just underline this. Uh, one other thing Love you tell cars. yourself, nobody tells you more lies than you tell yourself. And you're lying to yourself right now. Yeah. No, I, I'm not. Yourself. When we I drive don't care about what cars. I don't care about what cars. Now, I she ain't driving no Chevy Chevette. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now, okay? I the do biggest not drive, lies we tell ourselves. I don't drive. I do not. But you know what I'm saying? Lean oh on my the God. pen. I, Lean I on the like... pen. Press hard. There's four copies. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, Brian, you go from, like, these zingers of inspiration to busting 
my chops. I'm like, but here's my truth. And when I'm interested and passionate about something, you cannot stop me. So I, my interest lies in, yeah, yeah, I have a nice car. Don't ask me what kind of Mercedes I drive. It's a white one. And that's all I got for you. I, it's a white one. And it's a, uh, is it an it, SUV or a sedan? I'll it's an SUV because I live okay, in Jersey so and I got 72 a, children. Yeah. Ex Oh, that's no, I don't drive a BMW. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. now now we got to get this thing under control here. Now we got people talking about Mercedes and putting BMW numbers on them. Oh, my God. It's really, it's, really, it's really a shit show here in the morning at Breakfast with Champions. Oh my I got to tell you. I have you guys, Breakfast with Hungover Champions. What is it? What is it? And, and, and you know I'm God trying. Glenn's not here. We, we're, okay, we're... let me say this. I'm here, Brian. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I've okay. lost full control of my segment here, but I am, ladies and gentlemen, I really love these personalities. I love that Gina just, wait, wait, you know, dropped Glenn's a- not here. A, a, the avatar, he's got the avatar. Guys, I gotta tell you, the talk about new clothes, too. He, he, he paid for that damn <laughs> avatar. What the hell is going on in his head? PTR, Brian, it's his face again. <laughs> oh, come on, oh, is it? Okay, okay, there you go. Sorry about that. All right, I'm, I'm, bring, I'm bringing this back. I'm bringing this back because I do, and you guys know I'm in television and I, we're, you know, we're going down to Miami and I have an agenda to take a look and see if this is something we could pitch to put on TV or to cross pollinate in, in different spaces in different ways. Um, because I do love that <laughs> Brian goes from zingers to stingers. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it, but I love it. And I, I, you know, I think there's a lot. I love Clubhouse and I love all my friends here. Okay, I'll stay on script. It I'm all sorry. comes from love. Brian Come on, stingers to zingers? Who didn't love that? Yeah, Come but on. don't stay on script. I'm Barb, sorry. I actually okay. think Let's so. talk about sales. I actually think. Right. Sorry. Going back to your segment, though, because you were talking before about the people you surround yourself with and how you were told um, not to spend time with people who haven't, you know, been where you're going. And I think that when the people who you can learn from and do business with you enjoy as well, that's like a win-win. You know what I mean? I think that it actually, you're that much more likely to talk to, like I call you up for advice. You know what I mean? You're going to call yeah. people and talk to them and learn from them if you also enjoy them as a human. So I actually feel like this really dovetails with what you were talking about, that you respect them, you trust them, you learn from them, and you enjoy Yes. And I, I haven't, what I'm enjoying so much about Clubhouse is I haven't really been in a, a, a tribe of like-minded or, you know, I know that Glenn likes big hearted, but I feel like there's like-minded individuals that tend to gravitate and attract here on Clubhouse. That's unlike any other platform. And it's the social audio component because voices are just, they're a, 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 an expression of who you are. And for me, it's just, you know, when I was building my sales teams in my 20s, I felt like I was part of a tribe of very ambitious, like-minded, driven individuals. And um, I lost my tribe and felt a little, uh, you know, when I was a stay-at-home mom, I didn't have that so much. And um, I do have some interesting dialogue to talk about in that. But, you know, I don't have enough time uh, to dive into. One thing that happened to me, actually, I'm going to dive. I'm going to go there. Okay. So I, uh, for many of you know, I retired at 30 and I actually, uh, you know, became a stay-at-home mom. I have three children. And um, at one point, as I've always been very passionate, I've always been very driven and very curious about different industries. And I would talk about different things. And I was talking about private aviation several years ago. I didn't, you know, I just was curious about it. I was talking about it. And one of my friends, one of my 
good, good friends got very drunk and ripped me a new one in front of about eight other women. And she was like, why do you talk about this stuff? This is why you're getting, you know, getting a divorce and why nobody dates you. Like she friggin' went to church on me. Like, why do you talk about these things? Why can't you just talk about, like, I don't know what she wanted me to talk about, like how to breastfeed for the fuck, oh, sorry, for the 90th time. And I was like, I don't want to talk about those things. I want to talk about where the puck is going in industry and politics. And I, and she laid into me. I was almost in tears, except I wasn't because I just took it on the chin. And I was like, well, I am obviously not in the right environment for this, but it really stung. And I was really embarrassed because everybody else was just staring at me. And I was like, oh, I'm like, I guess. And now to be in these environments where we're like going down to Miami and I can talk about like, where, what are we talking? We're talking about NFTs and we're going to talk about Bitcoin and we're going to talk about um, the blockchain. We'll talk about private aviation. We'll talk about the metaverse and it won't be like, what are you guys, you know, and I'm in such a space now of people that are thought leaders and, and not afraid to be like, I don't like Brian yesterday. I was like, I don't understand these art NFTs. And, you know, but instead of admonishing it, he's like, I just humbly say, I don't get it. And I want to be in environments where we can say, I don't get it, but I want to understand what the big hype is all about. So it's just nice. And I encourage people to find uh, tribes of um, companions that are, you know, are good sounding boards and are going to listen to you and not try to dim your light and hold you back and totally humiliate you for your big, you know, your big thinking. And it wasn't the first time that happened to me. It happened to me when I was in my twenties and I was scaling sales teams and people told me I was nuts. I I'm like, call me nuts, call me crazy, call me whatever you want, but you're going to have to call me on my private plane because I'm too busy doing, um, break, moving fast and breaking. Let's, yes. Let's yes. go. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yes. y'all can laugh your laugh, do what you, you can send me nasty grams, whatever. Or if you can't beat them, join them and saddle up and let's start talking turkey and how to unpack your dreams and your ambitions and what you want. So that's all I have to say about that. So that was an unfortunate situation for me where I realized I wasn't in the right tribe or I just had to talk about uh, how to, you know, how to breastfeed, which was always the topic of conversation at nauseam when I was in those circles, which was fine, but it wasn't, wasn't my jam. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Did anybody else want to jump in? No, you know what, Barbara, I feel the same way. I I Mm -hmm. think it was, uh, you know, here's the thing. It's, it's, it's small talk, right? Like I'm not the type of person that wants to be involved in small talk or the same, same old, same old. And it's, it's about, you know, being, being a person that wants more and has passion and, and, and shines brightly. And that's you, Barbara. And so you're never going to fit into a box and you're never going to dim your light. And I appreciate that about you. And that's something as I get older, I'm 40 now, I'm realizing I'm not going to, I'm not going to have these small conversations about the weather and about, you know, the, 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 the things that, you know, are mundane. I want to talk about the things that excite me, the things that light me up, the things that are I'm passionate about. And that's why Barbara, you and I connect so well. And that's why I think a lot of us on clubhouse, you know, we have this clubhouse family that we understand each other so well that we don't, we don't fit into to society and that's okay. Live in the margins, you know? be the, the trailblazers and be the people who are thinking, you know, outside of the box and having amazing conversations and, and exploring these areas. And it's, it, it, you know what it is? It intimidates small minds who are afraid, right. Who are living in fear. And that's what, that's what you witnessed, Barbara. Yeah. 
and you I know, have, just yeah. let me let me let me add to that real quick. So, we, you know, we're up obviously we're up here in Canada, and um, we had a couple that we met uh, th- three or so years ago, three and a half years ago, was down in Orlando at a at a at a you know hotel, and we stayed in touch. Gina stayed in touch, and so we we come up here now, three and a half years later, and they live up here, and they came down to excellent couple. They come down to me. And we're having these conversations at dinner, and this gentleman owns a, a big um, HVAC company. And I'm telling him about all these things that we've learned about on Clubhouse and that we're doing and that we're investing in and all these other things. And he looked at me and he goes, man, how did you get all this knowledge? He said, this is unbelievable. I mean, he was like just mesmerized. And I kept saying Clubhouse, Clubhouse, Clubhouse. And at the end of the day, what it is about this app is the people on here are uh, not all, but most are driven for more. They're just mm-hmm. driven for more. And this was just a platform for us to all plug in with each other and figure out who's good at what. And as Barb, as you say, some things you're interested, some things you're not. But we've learned so much. And this gentleman, I mean, I impacted his life last night. And and he told me that. He's like, Todd, you, I don't know, my head's spinning. I don't know what I'm going to do. But it Todd, was his head spinning because I got you all drunk. <laughs> well, that's true too. And, He's alive. <laughs> <laughs> but but listen, this guy, and I said to and he goes, you know, the most impactful thing for me is, Todd, you don't get anything out of giving me all this knowledge. I go, no, I do. It excites me to try to help other people propel and find new ways because I was stuck in that place where I didn't have that opportunity. So, mm-hmm. hey, Barb, you're absolutely right. I couldn't agree more with you, and that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. And hold on one second. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Sorry, I'm at a hotel in New York. Um, yes, and uh, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. And you just never know where you're going to leave little seeds of hope and opportunity. And I agree here on this platform, there's just been an amazing opportunity to just find people that are just growth seekers, you know, growth seekers, and it's great. And then you realize sometimes in your life, you end up in in tribes of people that aren't growth seekers. They, they wanna you know hold you back because they're too afraid to move forward. And I've learned that lesson over and over again. And even, you know, even this summer something had happened and somebody said, you know, something kind of, you know, demeaning to me. But at the end of the day, that's a reflection. And that is one of my strategies that I also learned in sales is what people say about you is a reflection on them and less about you. What, you know, as somebody on the other side of the door, how people talk to you is a reflection on them and not of you. And I have learned through building my arsenal uh, of you know professional acumen through through sales is I learned you know I can't take things personally and I can't let anybody determine whether I'm going to win or lose for the day I can only control to keep the keep the feet moving keep showing up and even with you know television and COVID coming up and like all these obstacles that were thrown at me I was like listen all I remember just taking stock of this certain situation. And I was like, I just have to keep showing up. I've got to keep moving the feed forward and keep showing up. Somebody sent me a really nasty email and it really rattled me. And I thought to myself, why am I doing this? And I loved that question to myself and I'm going to land it here. What always got me through the day and kept me on course over and over again, regardless of the things that um, were thrown at me, the negatives, the obstacles, the setbacks, is when I asked myself, why am I doing this? And whatever tonality comes across, 
I know why I'm doing. I know who I am and I know my why. I know my purpose. I know my purpose. And sometimes when you are feeling that way, when you know why and you know who and what you're supposed to be doing, you can always move the feet forward. And for me, Oprah said it best to me. Success is strictly a byproduct of living in service and helping others. And I personally know that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So nobody can take me down. People are going to try, but I've got these muscles that I built in the field that I will be forever grateful for. And it is. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.